0: How many of you tonight are satisfied and willing to just stay at the level of nearness that you have to the Father and are willing to just put up with where you're at? Are are you wanting to go further? We have promise in Scripture that says if we draw near to the Father, He'll draw near to us. That for every step you take towards the Father, He takes a step two steps towards you so what we're going to do we're going to do something a little bit different than we normally do we're going to go ahead and and do our full worship set at the beginning of and let's draw near to the Lord during this set let's just close your eyes for a moment with me if you would and imagine yourself before the throne of God that he's sitting there in all his glory and all his brightness and you've been given permission to just come in boldly before the throne To find mercy, to find grace, to find help as you need it, and that He's not withholding from you, and that any good thing that you need in your life, all things required for life and godliness are right here in His presence as you are before Him. And let's worship Him and and get our focus and our distraction, our, our, our thoughts off of the distractions around us, off of our neighbor, off of how they're dancing or not dancing and just put it right on the Lord and focus on Him and give Him our adoration, give Him our love, give Him our worship, give Him our song. And as we do that, the Lord's going to draw near. And you're going to experience the presence of the Lord manifest in the moment with you in Jesus' name.
1: How we love Jesus. Never stop loving.
0: No one more home. We adore you, Lord. You are worthy of all our praise. We bless your name. We lift up the name of Jesus. Go ahead right now with your own mouth. Lift up the name of Jesus. Tell him how good he is. Thank him for his protection. Thank him for redeeming you. Thank you for for that Father, I thank you right now for washing away our sins for making us your children and giving us your name. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that you would honor us with your Holy Spirit. And we invite you, Lord. We invite you to have your way tonight to fill this room full and overflowing with your presence. giving us healing. Thank you for giving us wealth and prosperity. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us life eternal, that you've given us relationship, Father. Thank you for leading us, for guiding us, Father. Thank you for the provisions that you have given into our hands and and that you have enabled us to do your work and do your will. Thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes to see truth, for opening our ear to hear you. Clearly, and we look to you, Lord, to lead us, to guide us as we continue with you. Let's just say this to the Lord: Lord, you are my Lord. Lord, you're my Lord. Lead me in all ways. Lead me in all ways. Your will be done. Your will be done. Here on the earth, on the earth just as it, as it is in heaven. Through me, through my family, through my, family, through my, neighbor. Through Lord, my neighbor, Lord, I yield to you fully. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. says let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us let us run with endurance the race that lies before us keeping our eyes on Jesus keeping our eyes on Jesus let's just say that Jesus I keep my eyes on you Jesus I keep my eyes on you he is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith the pioneer and the perfecter. He is the founder, the completer. He is the source. Lord, we look to you as our source in everything, in every way. Father, thank you for what you've done here in this house at Church of the Word. Lord, thank you for the freedom that you have brought to us. Father, I thank you for the deliverance from darkness that you have been to us and that you have set our feet on a straight and narrow path. And that you've opened up the way before us. Father, I thank you for providing a place to meet and to worship you. Lord, I lift up Faith Church to you and I ask you to bless them, multiply them, increase them. Lord, cause your spirit to come upon them even as they meet tomorrow morning. That your spirit, your presence would be sweet upon their meeting and that people would draw near to you and that they would go out different than they came in father i lift up pastor joel to you and i ask you to anoint his mouth and his lips with the words to teach and to preach lord i thank you that you would meet every need that they have everything that is coming toward them lord that you've already found an answer for it and i bless them in the name of jesus lord we call your peace your peace on this house And every church that meets here, every person that comes in these doors, Lord, that your peace would come upon them. And that anything they've been wrestling with, anything that they've been in bondage to, Lord, that your peace would overwhelm those things. That your light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness will not overcome that light. And I thank you for it. Father, this is a place of freedom. We declare this is a house of freedom. This is a house of liberty. This is a house free of sickness and disease. This is a house that walks in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we honor you and we walk before you. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us your righteousness. That you are holy in every way. And we, we set ourselves apart for your service, Lord. Set apart for your service, Lord. We bless you. Ushers, if you would come and prepare the communion elements.
2: I had a wise
0: teacher once tell me, we're going to take communion here in just a moment. That's not what he told me. But the wise teacher told me, he said, the Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Jesus concealed, Jesus revealed. And so, the Old Testament is full of types and shadows and symbolic things that point towards the real thing, right? They were a type of something that was coming that we now live in that time and day and age of what they were looking forward to. And if you would, just listen as, I, as, as you receive the elements. I'm going to talk to you about the Passover a little bit. The children of Israel were living in bondage and in slavery. Life was not good for them. And a type of Jesus to them was the Lamb at that Passover meal. The night before they were delivered out of Egypt, the Lamb represented Jesus. The blood on the doorpost represented His blood that removes all sin. His blood that protects you from the devouring angels. His blood is the shield around you. That's the type. Where well, now today we live in the real thing. And we have the blood of Jesus that is a protection around us. We have the, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist called it. We don't, we don't have to, in fact. As the children of Israel left Egypt, it says nobody left sick or lame. There wasn't a feeble one among them. They took the Passover and not only did the blood protect them, as they ate that meal, they were healed and brought into strength. Brought into strength. That was a type of what was coming in Jesus. So today, when we take the bread and when we take the cup, We take the cup for that covenant of protection and life that gives us covenant with the Father. We take the bread for our healing. And if you need physical healing in your body tonight, you receive that. And you just say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word like Mary did. I'm going to read some scripture to you as you finish filing through. Paul was writing to the Corinthian believers, and in the letter that he wrote, he heard that there was some problems as they celebrated the Lord's Supper. You know, they came together, and it was an entire meal, it was a feast, and out of that sprang some problems, and so he brought correction to it. The correction of of what he taught them isn't what we're going to focus on tonight. What we're going to look at is what he told them to pay attention to. It says, When you come together then, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper, for at the meal each one eats his own supper, so one person is hungry while another gets drunk. Don't you have homes in which to eat and drink, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? I do not praise you in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. So this was instruction that Paul received from God himself, and he's passing it on. He says, On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it. Remember, the broken bread represents the broken body, and in Isaiah it says that by his wounds we are healed. That's his body, his, the wounds that he suffered. And then he, he gave thanks, knowing what was coming. He gave thanks. He broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Let's say that. His body broken. was broken for me. It's broken for me. Do this in remembrance of me. And thank you. I, I wasn't intending that part to be repeated. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. By you taking part of the communion elements tonight, you're saying the Lord's death, I believe it, is resurrection in the blood, in the broken body, and that it's for me. He goes on and he says, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, not your neighbor, yourself, in this way, in what way, in an examined way. Let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep. If we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged. So I like how there is the mercies of God are new every morning. And in Hebrews, it says that we come to the throne room and we find mercy, that we find grace. Grace is Him helping you. Grace is the blood. Grace is the broken body for your healing. And so if you you find something in your life when you examine yourself and you say, well, I'm not worthy, it's easy to become worthy. Here's how you do it. You say, Jesus, I believe and receive all that You've done for me is for me. That all my sin is under the blood. All my mess-ups, all my screw-ups, they're under the blood. And that your blood makes me righteous and whole. And now you stand worthy. So it's real simple. Let's, let's just present ourselves before the Lord. Father, I present, we present ourselves before you. And we thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin, all unrighteousness. Lord, I thank you that you gave us a covenant of wholeness, a covenant of oneness with You, a covenant of heaven upon earth. And Lord, we bless You for this. Lord, I thank You that You allowed Your body to be broken for our healing. And that by His wounds, we are healed here tonight. And we receive Your divine touch of healing in every cell of our bodies in this room tonight. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the the bread... Isaiah, he says that by his wounds you are healed. Peter quoted it, but he changed it to past tense. He said by his wounds you were healed. Your healing is dated at the cross. So just lay hold of it that way and say, Father, I received what you did for me 2,000 years ago. You said by your wounds I was healed, and if I was healed, that means I am healed now. Because past tense makes it past tense now. So, Father, I thank you for your healing power in our bodies, that you dated our healing back there at the cross, and that you're not sitting in heaven, Father, deciding whether or not you should heal us. You've already paid the price for it, and we receive it in faith gladly, and we rejoice in your health, in your strength, in your divine power in the cells of our body tonight. In Jesus' name, you renew our youth like the eagle. Take the cup. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for taking away our sin, the sin of the world, for removing the debt against us. Father, thank you for protection in your blood. Thank you that the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus makes all the difference. Lord, thank you that you've translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Lord, I bless you for this. We rejoice in it. And we say thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and thank him with your mouth. I have been memorizing the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And in that process, I, I keep meditating on it, right? As you memorize something, scripture, memorizing Scripture is a very, very powerful tool. I'll just encourage you all to do that. Take some Scriptures and memorize them. Because you don't need the Bible with you. You're driving down the road, you just begin to quote it. You know, yesterday we were flying home from Virginia. Jen and I were in the plane. And I quoted most of the first, book, first, book, uh, the first chapter of, of John. Just went through it real slow, letting it soak in. And it's really powerful, the written word coming off of your mouth, out of your mouth. And as you work to memorize it, that causes you to meditate it. And as you're meditating it, light comes. In your Word, we see light. Or by your light, we see more light, is what Scripture says. And so, give the Word the authority in your life. And one of the ways you can do that is by memorizing it. You know, if you have it written on the tables of your heart, then you're never in shortage of Scripture, no matter where you are. They can't take the memories from you. Right? And um, so, in, in the Gospel of John, go with me over to, to uh, go, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. That was a phrase that I've been, as part of the memorization that I've been looking at and reading and quoting to myself, and it just keeps ringing in my heart or in my ears all week long. And finally, I, sometimes you know, I'm slower than other times, and uh, finally the light came on that this is something the Lord wants to minister to all of us. And so, if you'll look down into about verse forty. This was where John had made, John the Baptist had made the declaration, had pointed out who Jesus was, had said, This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then the next day he sees Jesus passing by and he goes, Hey, look, the Lamb of God. Again, he's bringing attention to it. And it says in verse 40 that Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him earlier. In, in verse 35 and 36 and 37, John had made that statement. His two disciples were standing with him and he said, hey, look, the Lamb of God. And so the two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turns and notices them following Him and He's like, what are you guys looking for? And So they have this, this conversation. Well, now we're down here to verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. He brought Simon to Jesus. He brought Simon to Jesus. There's nothing greater in this life that you can do than to bring somebody to Jesus. Right out of the gate in this gospel, we have evangelism happening. We have Simon, and notice that it says he did first things first. He went and found his brother. He went and found his family member. And it doesn't say that he just happened to cross him. No, he had to, must have had to search for him because he found him. That signifies he went and looked. And he finds his brother, and you know, I don't know if he came kicking and screaming or not, but bottom line is he brought him to Jesus. And immediately something happens. The supernatural. There is a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge that takes place as He brings him to Jesus. Jesus, it says when Jesus saw Him, He said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. So He had a word of knowledge about who He was and what He's going to be called. So when we bring people to Jesus, when we bring someone to Jesus, we should expect that there is supernatural happenings that are going to take place. I mean, immediately. Look at. Let's just keep going here. It says the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, "Follow me." Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and told him. See, here we go again. Philip goes and finds someone now, and notice they have to tell him. Back here, Andrew, it says he went and found his brother Simon and told him. You can't think someone into the gospel. You have to open your mouth. You have to put words to it. You have to tell them the good news. The good news. And so that's what the gospel means is is good news. And uh, so here, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. (laughs) Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel asked him. Maybe that's a little bit how people look at West Virginia from here. Can anything good come from West Virginia? In Missouri, where I grew up, we would have said that about Arkansas, you know. Can anything good come out of Hick Nazareth? This is what Nathaniel's wondering. Philip's response is come and see. Come and see. Do you know how easy it is to invite someone to come with you to church? Right? Come with me. And like uh, Dale was telling us here a couple weeks ago, I will pick you up. You know, offer to pick them up. Invite them to come with you. But don't go thinking that in order for someone to meet Jesus, you have to bring them to church. Certainly bring them to church right? You're here for a reason. It's because you believe that this is a place that honors the Lord and His things are important. So so you're here. So I'm sure that there's all kinds of people in our county that would love to know about a church like that. And so are you telling people? Are you inviting them? Are you telling them, come and see? Give it a shot. Come and listen to the Word. Come and sit in the anointing. Come and see what would happen. You know, last week, um, Is your friend here tonight? Yeah. Our barber friends from last week that were here. Are you here tonight? If you're here, wave at me. Okay, so Shane is getting his hair cut, something that I can't do. But he's off somewhere getting a haircut, and he invites his barber and family to come with him to the service. Last week, they came to the service. The entire family gets saved. Come and see, right? Come and see. He brought him to Jesus. Powerful, powerful happenings when you bring someone to Jesus. Now let's go over to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. And let's look at verse 1. In fact, before we read, I'll just ask a few questions. What kind of friend are you? What kind of brother are you? What kind of sister are you? What kind of mother are you? What kind of father are you? What kind of son or daughter are you? What kind of uncle are you, or aunt are you, or cousin? say, well, why are you asking? You'll see as we read here. In verse 1 of chapter 2 in the Gospel of Mark, when He entered Capernaum again after some days, it was reported that He was in the house. How many know Jesus is in the house? That He's here. He promised, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And where two or three of you are gathered together, man, I'm there in the middle of you. And you know what? I just counted one, two, three, four, five. So we more than qualify. He's here with us tonight. Jesus is in the house. But where's all your friends? Ouch, I know. Verse 2, so many people gathered together that there was no more room. Not even in the doorway. And He was speaking the Word to them. They came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four of them. So we have four friends here that are bringing someone to Jesus. You're going to see this theme again and again and again as we read through the different Scriptures of of bringing someone to Jesus. So they're bringing their paralyzed friend... With them, Verse 4, since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, or to bring him near to Jesus, they removed the roof above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. And over in one of the other Gospels, it says that it was right in front of Jesus. Like, right at him. They, they knew exactly where to go up there on the roof, where to make the hole, and we're going to get him to Jesus. I mean, what, what kind of friend... What kind of friend would go to this extent, possibly be even being prosecuted by the law for vandalism, risking all kinds of things, risking, what if we let him down in front of Jesus and nothing happens? What if we have to carry him back home? But these friends, they were like, you know what, There's, we're going to do one thing and one thing we're going to do. And that thing is going to be get our friend to Jesus. Seeing their faith, verse 5, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. So they're just thinking, why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves, and said to them, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? It's a whole lot easier to say your sins are forgiven, right? Because no one can see the sins. So whether they left or not, we don't know. But when you tell a paralyzed guy, Get up and walk, if he doesn't get up and walk, we also know. (laughs) Right? So... He says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he got up, took the mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. See how four friends bringing a friend to Jesus blessed everyone it wasn't just the friend who benefited it wasn't just the four who went like yeah that was awesome it was everyone everyone was encouraged and inspired by the faith of these four guys and by what happens when you bring someone to Jesus go over to chapter 10 in mark chapter 10 and let's look at verse 13 People were bringing little children to Him in order that He might touch them. See, this people are bringing little children to Jesus. There's nothing more important than you can do for your children in your home or for your grandchildren or for your nieces or nephews is to bring them to Jesus. So these people are bringing little children to... In fact, I'm going to say more about that. There is this warped idea that some people have that they should that the children need to decide for themselves. We're not going to make them go to church. We're not going to make them serve the Lord. We're just going to let them explore for themselves and figure out so that when they decide to choose, it's their decision. Well, that defies Scripture. Because Scripture says train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. It tells us to narrow the way for them. That's what that word train means. It's like, it's like a cattle chute. You narrow it down. This is the way you go. And so, when, when you bring your children... I'm not talking about... Well, what I am talking about is tell them what to believe. Show them what to believe. Tell them truth. And they may not always agree with you or want to do it, but you're still mom and dad, so make them listen. And when they get older... All of a sudden, they'll start seeing some things. It's been, really, it's been really interesting. My son Adrian is down in Texas at Alert Academy. And things are, are progressing rapidly there for him. And he keeps sending these letters home. Every week we're getting a letter. And in these letters, he is telling, saying how that he has learned all these different things, you know, spiritual things. Like he has learned to, to that he doesn't have anything to prove. And that, you know, he starts to say, he's telling us all the things we've been telling him for years. But see, they were seeds at some point and put into him. You know, Silas and Penn didn't didn't turn out to be the men of God that they are by accident. You know, Mike and Sarah have sowed into them. They've sowed word into them. They've sowed effort into them. Just like they are into the rest of their children. And they're raising a whole army up to serve the Lord, right? I mean, you can be an army with, you know, 10 people, right? Or 12, or however many it's going to be. It's a mighty army. So, Mike, Sarah, thank you for being godly parents. All right, let's keep reading. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw it, He was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to Me. Don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And taking them in His arms, He laid His hands on them and blessed them. The Lord loves your children loves your grandbabies. He is very interested in them. Alright, go over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. Luke in chapter 4 and verse 38. After he left the synagogue, Jesus entered Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked him about her. So, They might not have brought her into His presence, but Jesus is in the house. And so they go to Him about her. And they're like, hey, she's got this this high fever. and, And what about this? What can we do about this? So He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and began to serve them. Here, Simon and those with him, they... Petitioned on behalf of someone else on bringing them to Jesus. They petitioned on what kind of in-law are you? Right, are you bringing them to Jesus? And I know Jesus. He He said that you're, a prophet's not without honor except in his own family and in his own hometown, and that's true for most most professions. You're not a professional until people don't know you. You know, you're not an expert until you cross a state line. Is how I've heard it. Well, here, in his own family, they petitioned Jesus and Jesus healed her. Let's keep reading. Verse, uh, Verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to Him. Brought them to Him. As He laid His hands on each one of them, He healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Bring those around you for healing, for deliverance to Jesus. Go over to Matthew chapter 4. We're in Luke 4. Go to Matthew chapter 4. I know this is a little bit different than I normally teach, but that's all right. This is the Word of the Lord to us tonight. And as I read these Scriptures to you, they're birthing on the inside of you. You know, the Word of God is the seed of God. It's like the sperm of God that impregnates you with the supernatural understanding and knowledge of of divine wisdom. That's what the Word is. It's seed. Some of you are laughing at me, but that's how it is. Matthew 4, look at verse 23. Verse 23. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. What did Jesus go around doing? He went around teaching and preaching the good news about the kingdom and healing. He's preaching good news, He's healing. He's teaching good news, He's healing. Alright? Then the news about Him spread throughout Syria. Syria. This is a neighboring country. So they brought to Him all those who were afflicted. Those suffering from various diseases and intense pains. The demon-possessed. The epileptics. The paralytics. And He healed them. They brought all those people to Him. Go over to Matthew chapter 9. We're here in Matthew. Look at verse 32 now. Just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to Him. Was brought to Him. Who are we bringing to Jesus? Are we just waiting for them to notice and get there by themselves? I mean, we bump into people all day, every day. In our workplace, in the marketplace, in stores, in schools, our family members. And even if they know Jesus, it's still good to present them with Jesus. Jesus. I don't mean you preach salvation. You know, if I, if I, if I bump into Cindy down at the grocery store, I'm not going to preach salvation to her. But I'm still going to say, oh, good to see you. You know, Jesus loves you. And she's like, amen. See, she believes that. Bring her to Jesus. If you see your family members around you, people around you, there's needs everywhere. You know, it's real easy to introduce someone to Jesus. Here's how you do it. Hi, I'm Sydney. How are you? What's your name? That's how you introduce someone to Jesus. Because He lives where? In you. If He is in you, you are introducing Him to them when you encounter them and talk to them. And then you can say, hey, you know, I've been, I've been seeing you from over across the way and I was really impressed in my heart of how much God loves you. Is there anything in your life that you're needing prayer for? I mean, I've seen so many miracles and the Lord wants to do something for you. Do you have something I can pray for you for? And they may say no, but usually they're going to say, yeah. Yeah. Maybe even the Lord will give you an awareness of something. Just like Jesus knew Peter's name as he, Simon's name, before, as he walked up, the Lord will give you knowings about people, but most times we discredit it because we go, nah, it's probably just my imagination. And we continually are limiting the light of life that is the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness doesn't overcome it, which certainly God's children shouldn't be the ones overcoming that light by shutting it off for them. See, if we're not bringing people to Jesus, we're deciding for them. So they brought these people to Jesus. and he I'll just start reading in 32 again. Just as they were going out, a demon-possessed man who was unable to speak was brought to him. So apparently he didn't bring himself. Someone brought him. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Of course, then verse 34, but the Pharisees said he drives out demons by the ruler of demons. Go over to John chapter 8. I want you to see something, the other side of this. Some people bring people to Jesus with bad intentions. Not everyone has your good in mind. And just because they're bringing you to Jesus doesn't mean that they have, you know, there's a religious spirit out there that's still... Working in people. And here you're going to see this play out in in John chapter 8, in verse 2. At dawn he went to the temple again, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought, so the religious crowd, you know, the the, the pastors, the ministers, the, the leading people. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. So man, think evidence. I mean, they walked in on her. They caught her red-handed in the act. The the interesting thing is, is where's the guy, right? Why'd they just bring her? Where's the guy? Well, because they weren't interested so much in punishing her as they were in cornering Jesus. But in the process, they're going to get somebody killed. See, they think that Jesus cannot answer this question right, because if he if he says they're going to ask him, the law of Moses says she should be stoned. If he says yes, people are going to say he's heartless. If he says no, he's going against the law. So they think they've got him, no matter how he's going to answer this question. But they don't know Jesus, do they? So verse six or verse five in the law Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? They ask this to trap Him in order that they might have evidence to accuse Him. See, they weren't interested in righteousness and holiness. But they brought her to Jesus. You see that? Don't bring people to Jesus and condemn them. Let the Holy Spirit do His job. He will convict them of sin and of righteousness and of judgment and all those things. Let Him do that. That's not your job. Your job is just to bring him to the Lord. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, The one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. There are so many lessons in this and we don't have time to look at all of them, but I'll just make a couple comments as we go through. You don't have to answer every question that's asked of you. And you don't have to yield to pressure to give an answer. Instead of answering, what's he doing? He's down here doodling in the dirt. He's doing something else. And I don't know what he's writing. Whatever he's writing, maybe it's having an effect on his audience. Maybe it's not. But he, at any rate, is using his time for something different than answering their question. And if it was important what he wrote on the ground, it would be in here. That it really doesn't matter. So they persisted in asking Him the question. So, okay, He stands up and He says to them, the one without sin among you should be the first to throw a stone at her. Then He stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. Today, Jesus would have pulled out His cell phone and began to text. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's a little different says, when they heard this, not when they saw what He wrote on the ground, no. When they heard what He said, those of you without sin, be the first to throw a stone at her. When they heard this, being, a, being reproved by their conscience, they left one by one, starting with the older men until the last. Only He was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Not only did she, she was brought to Jesus with bad intentions, but guess what? She didn't leave worse off than what she arrived. She left forgiven. She left not condemned and with a new lease on life. Even if someone has a bad intention and tries to clobber you over the head with Jesus, you understand that Jesus is in love with you too. And you just pay no attention to to them and their accusations. All right, go over to Luke chapter 9. We'll go to several more scriptures and then we'll bring the plane in the land. Luke chapter 9, and and look look at verse 1. So now this is directions to the disciples, to the twelve. But I want you to notice what He tells them to do. Summoning the twelve, He gave them power and authority over all the demons and power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases. Then He sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. There it is again. This is what Jesus did too, right? It said He taught the good news of the kingdom and He healed the sick. So now He's telling them, this is what you're going to be known for. Preaching the kingdom of God and healing the sick. Is that what we're known for? As followers of Jesus, This is this, his, his if we're going to truly submit to the Lord, and if we're going to walk under... You understand what the word submission means. Sub, it's a two-part word. Sub means under. Submission. Under the mission. What is the mission that was given to the church? You know, in the Great Commission, he, he started there to go into all the world to preach, teach, baptize, make disciples. That's our commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. It's the Great Commission. If we're going to submit to that, then the thing that we'll be known for is to carry on His mission which is stated right here. Preach the good news of the kingdom and heal the sick. Go over to Matthew 5. And we'll kind of end where we started. In Matthew 5, in verse 13, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? Salty. It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You, so what was the statement in verse 13? You are the salt of the earth. Look at your neighbor and say, You are the salt of the earth. All right, verse 14. Now he says, You are the light of the world. Tell your neighbor, You are the light of the world. world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. Your light isn't meant to be hidden. The light that is in you, the light that is the light of men that shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it, that light in you is meant to be seen. It is meant to be on display. It is meant to be a spectacle. Jesus, our example in this way, was extremely famous. Why? Because he was doing that. His light was on display and that caused his, him to become very, very famous and he would go off and he would get alone with the Lord and, and he, he tried to get away from the crowd sometimes, right? But yet, it was in those alone times in that secret place where he was getting the direction on what he was supposed to do From the Father. He said, I don't do anything, I don't I don't do anything, I don't see the Father do, and I don't say anything I don't hear him say. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. All right. So you give light to all who are in the house, all who are around you. If if you are going to bring people to Jesus, let's say it a different way, if Jesus, if the light is in you, and if you have any kind of interaction with them, you are you just brought Jesus to them. In verse 16, in the same way, let your light... Whose light? Say, my light. It's yours because the Christ, the Anointed One, the Spirit of Christ is in you. And your spirit has been born again with the DNA of God. And so you have divine DNA on the inside of you in your spirit being. And so the Spirit of Christ comes and lives within you. And so now that light is also your light, but we know the source of it. It is the Father. It says, In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why would I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked, Jesus said. And he answered, So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Our good works are supposed to be seen, they're supposed to be known. And the main reason they're not seen and they're not known is because we're simply not bringing people to Jesus. Because we're, we've got other things to do and we're busy. And I talked to them one time before. And because they look like they're busy. And, and, they're, and sure, be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. He's not going to have you talk to everyone. But let's just stop overriding that prompting on the inside. And just go with it. Each time it comes up, just go with it. And watch what begins to happen. And you're going to see the people around them and everyone glorified the Lord. And you'll see the supernatural begin to happen and the words of knowledge and wisdom and the gifts of healing flowing and and miracles happening and all the different, the discerning of spirits and people being set free. I mean, one of the marks, if you look in Mark 16, of believers is supposed to be casting out demons. Right? They don't have, they, there's nothing they have on you. You have the light of life, and the darkness does not overcome it. Amen. And the purpose, the result of it is they give glory to the Father, it says. They're going to see your good works and give glory to the Father. So, in closing, go over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I was in a church service the other week, and I heard the speaker say that. He said, did you know that pastors are allowed five closings? He said, yeah, five closings. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? I've been ripped off this whole time. <laughs> no, we'll stay with the normal one. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and look at verse 25. Paul, Paul is writing this to the believers, um, to a bunch of believers that he actually had not met. And so, sight unseen, he's writing this letter to them. In verse 25, he says, I have become its servant. He's talking about the Gospel of Christ. I have become its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the Word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to His saints. So the mystery of the Gospel is now revealed to His saints. Verse 27, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles, that's you and I, make known, someone say known. So it should be known. He wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, not hope, hope as in wishfulness, but confident expectation. That's what Bible hope is. Hope that leads you into faith. It's an expectation. You know, today were the ladies were baking cookies at our house, and I began to smell cookies baking. And I suddenly have this confident. Anticipation rising up on the inside of me that I'm going to get to taste some cookies soon. Right? That's a confident expectation of partaking in something. Well, Christ in you, the confident expectation of glory. And what did we just read in Matthew 5? What gives Him glory? When your works shine before men so that they may see them and give glory to your Father in heaven. So Christ in you, the hope of glory, as you encounter people, as you put people in contact with Christ, He is glorified and you should have this confident expectation of Him being glorified in that encounter. The Lord's going to do something. Let's just tell them, hey, do you know that God loves you and has a plan for your life? Is there anything in your life that you need change?" Because I know a God who brings change. and I can pray right now and He'll bring change to this. Stand up with me if you would. John, would you come and, and lead us again in the song that you opened up with? The song about when you walk into the room. But I want you to hear it a little bit differently maybe than that you sang it the first time we sang it tonight. When you walk into the room, meaning when you Walk into the room because Christ in you is now present. And to look to Him and be confident in the supernatural divine presence of God to be with you and flow through you and work in and through you. Sorry, I didn't give you more notice, John. It's all right. Take your time. Yeah, yeah. We can have the plane land, we can come in for landing. Oh, we do have a plane, don't we? That's plain wild. All right, let's pray and let's let's present ourselves to the Lord and let's ask Him to help us in this, to give us. Well, I'm going to ask the Lord for boldness. I'm going to ask Him to lead us, give us sensitivity in the Spirit, to know those people that we should talk to, to help Him to be the hands and feet of Jesus, just to put it simply. And when I'm done praying, when you say amen, amen means so be it. It means you're in agreement and you want that, you're agreeing with that prayer for your life. Father, we present ourselves to you right here tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that you hear us and that you are present with us. Father, our desire is to be like You, to be pleasing to You in every way, in all that we say, in all that we do, in all of our actions. Lord, we want to walk exactly as You want us to walk, that all of Your will would be fulfilled through us in this season, in this time, in this generation that we live in. Lord, we didn't arrive here by accident, but there's divine purpose that you have on the lives of the men, women, and children in this room. And Lord, I'm asking you for boldness upon every person to present Jesus to people. To bring them to the risen one. Lord, I'm asking you to help us with this. And that you would lead us with a sensitivity in the spirit. Give us eyes to see that person that you want to encounter. Give us ears to hear what you would say to them. And Lord, we we commit to yielding to you and and to stepping out in faith like Peter did on the water with you as you prompt us. In Jesus' name we pray and amen love you, Lord. Hallelujah. So good. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Well, one way that we love God in this house is we present people to Jesus. And bring people to Jesus. So check up on your neighbor tonight. Ask them, is there anything that I can believe with you for? Is there anything that you need in your life? And be the hands and feet of Jesus, especially to the household of faith. Amen? All right. We love you guys. Have a wonderful week, a God-filled week.
1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International. So glad to have you all here tonight. Thank you so much for coming. I'd like to encourage you in our worship time, which is the whole time we're here, in the book of Psalms, love the book of Psalms. And in Psalms 148, there's no prayer, there's no supplication, all it is is a magnificent command to exalt and magnify our Creator. God created everything, and everything began with Him creating. So in Psalms 148, it says, Praise the Lord from the heaven. Praise Him from the heights. Praise Him, all the angels. Praise Him, all the host, Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all the stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths, fire and hail. Listen to this list that he expects to praise him. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds fulfilling his word, mountains and all the hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things. Creeping things are to praise the Lord. And flying falls kings of the earth and all the peoples, prince and all the judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. He doesn't leave anybody out or anything out. Did you hear that list? Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven and he has exalted the horn of his people. The praise of all his Saints, glory to God, a people near to him. So I think he covered everything. Wouldn't you say? Let's stand together tonight, family, and and let's lift our hearts and our voices and let's join with the angels and the sun and the moon and the clapping trees and the mountains and the hills and everything he created. Let's stand together and praise our awesome Father, our Creator, Jesus, our King, and our Lord and Savior. They're worthy of it. Amen. Just lift our hands. You're worthy of it.
0: You're worthy of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Glory and honor is yours, Lord I want to see a tree collapse. I want to invite Kelly to come. And share with us some news about VBS.
2: So we have our tenth annual VBS coming up this July, and we'll be having it right here at this building. Um, so for those of you who have been part of it in the past, you know what a blessing it is to be to be part of something like that to sow into pour the word of God into the next generation. So we are going to be having VBS sign-ups tonight if you would like to pre-register either your child or if you have a grandchild who you would like to bring. Um, there's a table set up in the lobby. When you leave, please sign children up that are entering preschool through sixth grade. And then we, we cannot do this without lots of hands. So please, if you're at all able, to come out and serve, even if it's for a night, um, we would love to have you help be part of the VBS team. There is lots of different areas that you can serve. There's crafts, there's games, there's the um, Bible station, there's all kinds of different things that you can do. And if you can't come physically, if you would like to still be a part, you can donate something. So I'll be around out after church that you can ask any questions to. But this year's kingdom, or theme is a kingdom theme, and it's called Seek First the Kingdom of God. And so we have had many, over the years of VBS, we have had many children um, get saved and and filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, get baptized. So it is quite a week that is really something awesome to be a part of. So we will be having this on July 17th through the 20th, and it's in the evening, so if you work during the day, you can still be a part of the team. And we start at 6 p.m., and we end by 8.45 each night. And, um, like I said, there's lots of different things. Our youth put on some really amazing skits that go along with our Bible teachings for the night. So, youth, if you're here and you are able to help, uh, we will be doing that again. So, please sign up in the back. And it's open to anyone. So, we will be advertising on social media and signs and those kinds of things, too. So, invite friends and neighbors as well.
0: Thank you, Kelly. VBS has always been... A huge part of what we do here, what the Lord is doing. You know, the children, let the children come unto me, is what Jesus said. In fact, that's going to be a verse we read uh, later tonight in the sermon. So maybe I'll just stop right there before I start to preach. (laughs) Welcome home, Eric. All the way back from Kurdistan, Iraq. Three months over there with the Mirabellas and um, hallelujah. It's good to have you home. All right, let's uh, send the children to their classes, the teachers to their classes. And while they're going, I invite you to love on each other. If you find a guest here tonight, go introduce yourself. Make them feel welcome.
3: Well, good evening again to you all. Everyone doing all right? I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I trust that you're here because you love Him and you love His Word. Amen. Well, we'd like to welcome you here, if this is your very first time, to Church of the Word. Can you just raise your hand so we can clap for you, welcome you, acknowledge you, right over here some. Thank you for coming out tonight. We trust you'll be blessed and uh, encouraged. Uh, Ushers, I think we have information cards. If you want to fill them out and put them in the offering basket, you may. Um, It's up to you. but We appreciate you coming out tonight. All right, if you need an envelope for your cash giving, you can raise your hand and the ushers will bring you one. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. And if you're giving by check, you can just make it out to CWI. How many know the Lord is worthy of our honor? He's worthy of our worship. And you know, he desires that from us. Why don't you go ahead and turn over to Malachi And also flip over to Psalms, put a finger in Psalms 128 and Malachi chapter 1. If you read the book of Malachi, you'll see that that God desires his children to bring honor to him, to honor him, to fear his name. And it says here in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, it says, a son honors his father. Well, is the Lord a father? Yeah, he's a good father. He's a real good father. A son honors his father. This is the Lord talking. And a slave his master. Is he your master? Or or are you your own Lord? Your own master? No, he's our master. He's a good and a kind master. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master... Where is the respect due me? See, it's due him, says the Lord Almighty. It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty. See, God's talking here. And so they weren't bringing in the first. They weren't bringing in the best. They were bringing in what was going to be dead by Thursday. Why, why give something that's good? Well, this is old and used and worn out. Let's, you know, toss... No, that's not honor. You, um, I'm not going to take the time to read this whole book, but if you read the whole book, you would really get a, the spirit of honor that the Lord is speaking of here. It says in, in verse 11, it says, My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. And then he talks some more about the way they're uh, dishonoring him and the way they're bringing offerings and what they're bringing. And he says in verse 14, the last sentence of this chapter, he says, For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty. He's a great king. He's worthy of all that we could bring him. He is worthy of it all. He says, I am a great king, and my name is to be feared among the nations. So, and in, this is all in the context of the offerings. Whether whether you um, showed contempt for the Lord or demonstrated honor for the Lord, it was in in the offerings. You know, if I say, "Oh, I fear the Lord. He's yeah. He's he's my Lord. He's my master, and I have great reverence for him. Yet, I don't give him anything of value. You know, no importance is placed on his work, on his things." You know, all of my things are always coming first. I'm being dishonest with myself if that's, if that's what I were to do. And if you want to, in your own time, read the book of Malachi, you will see this. That how we handle our money and our possessions has a way of just revealing who and what we worship. There, there's this connection thing there. You know, Scripture says that where you put your treasure, there your heart will be also. See, God wants our heart. That's that's what he wants. He wants our heart. So we give him our tithes, we give him our offerings from a heart that loves him, that wants to honor him and exalt him. But I felt like I was to bring this out also. See, God wants us to understand that when we fear his name, when we honor him, that we're blessed. He wants us to know this. So I wanted you to see this in Psalms 128. It says this, "As blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. That's one way you demonstrate you fear the Lord, is obeying him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. See, it's a byproduct of it. You fear the name of the Lord, you obey him. This is the byproduct of it. It says, your wife, verse 3, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Now, that of course, means, we'll think about it, a fruitful vine, okay? It's not one that's withered and dried up and not producing anything. So, yeah, she's going to bear children and all, too. That's being bearing fruit, but she is thriving. She's got the nutrients and uh, the um, care needed to produce good things. Your children, likewise, will be like olive shoots around your table. See, This is the byproduct of the person who fears the Lord. It affects those around you. They're going to thrive and um, flourish. It says, yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace beyond Israel. See, Yes, we we bring our tithes, we bring our offerings because we love the Lord and because he's worthy to be exalted. He's worthy of our honor, but he wants us to also know. He wants to bless us. This is the byproduct of walking in the fear of the Lord. Long life, peace, prosperity, goodness. Goodness. Let's thank him for his goodness to us. Take a hold of your tithes and let's pray. Father, we just exalt you tonight, and we thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your favor on this church. I thank you for your favor and your protection and your blessing on Church of the Word International. And Father, we just magnify you. You're worthy. You are so worthy of it all. All that we could bring, all that we could do for you, you're worthy of it. And we're just grateful to be your children. We're grateful to be here tonight. We are grateful for the increase you have poured out on us so that we are able to tithe. So we thank you for the blessing and the protection of the tither that you've promised. In Jesus' name, and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will give to the Lord. All right, you can take out your bulletin and look at some things happening um, there's going to be a baptism taking place later this month if you would like to be baptized you've never been baptized please reach out to debbie and she will make sure that happens for you so that'll be later this month maybe some of you know this but the conference room down the hall which is kinda catty corner of the nursery is what we're using for our prayer room so that room is available for pre-service prayer so take advantage of that and be praying for our service uh, before the service begins. City Gate Columbia is tomorrow. You still can be a part of that if you would like to. Talk to Karen and she will give you the pertinent details. Youth and Young Adults is here at the building tomorrow night. Practice at five groups at six. And let's see. I guess you could mark your calendars too, though the youth. There's a beach day coming up. Sunday, May 28th, so that looks like a fun time for all. All right, you came expecting to hear what the Lord has. Let's open our hearts to receive it.
0: You all understand what catty-corner is, right? It's different than catty-wampus, I can tell you that. But it's close. You know, I was impressed as Jen was taking us through Malachi and Psalms 128 to remind you that our our needs at Church of the Word are not met by your giving. Our needs are met by the church's giving. My own personal needs are met by my giving. And your needs are met by your giving. There is a law that's been put into effect, the law of sowing and reaping. And if if you'll cultivate that, what would you like to reap in your life? Sow that. You want to reap love? Sow some love. Want to reap trust? Sow trust. Right. Want to uh, reap finances? Well, then sow finances. The law works in all things. And thank God He has made a way to supercharge that law. To go from a natural law to a supernatural law. And that's when you involve God with it. Right? And He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that you could ask or think, and to bless you in that way. Thank God that He is faithful to His Word. I want to remind you to this week do your homework so that you know who to vote for. On May 16th is the primary election here in Pennsylvania. And so you've got one week to do your studying and to see who is the right person for the job. And um, part of the reason that we're in the trouble we're in as a nation is because too often the believers have (coughs) abdicated that job off to someone else, especially in the primaries. You know, we get to the general election and we don't like our candidates. And well, if people would come out in the primary, maybe we could have some better candidates. So the primary is just as important as a general election, so come out and um, make sure that you do your responsibility for our nation, and that is to vote. That's like the the entry-level, most base-level responsibility is voting. And then from there, there's all kinds of ways to be involved and to be salt and light in our nation. One of the ways, one of the people that, that I, I've known for a short time now, um, several months I guess, that has been a salt and light in our nation in, in our local community, uh, especially Lancaster uh, County, is, is Rachel Snyder. Rachel and Steve and uh, their son are with us tonight. If you would just like wave or stand up so everyone knows. <clears throat> Rachel leads the uh, Moms for Liberty the Lancaster Chapter, and she has been um, very heavily involved in fighting for the children and parental rights that your parental rights remain, and to bring change to by educating people and and just really Bringing an awareness to what's going on. One of the things, she had recently been into Free PA and shared some things and about the books and the things that are in the libraries of our public schools. And it's just flat out, mind-numbingly ridiculous. Some of the things that are there. And so, she's been fighting the good fight and um, bringing awareness to people. And it's not, even though it's called Moms for Liberty, I hear that dads and uncles and grandpas and brothers are all welcome, Right? And um, so you can, if you would like to be a part of that, um, talk to her after the service and I'm sure she would be, she would welcome your help. Rachel, there was, uh, before the service I was praying in the room in the back and and the Lord told me to go to Colossians 2 in verse 3 and to uh, quote or to read this scripture to you. It says, in Him, it's talking about Christ Jesus, in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Him is all wisdom and all knowledge. And it's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. And so as you lead that work, and as you you are the tip of the spear in that way, Put your pressure on the Lord for His wisdom and His understanding. And I know that you've been doing that, but I want to encourage you in that. In fact, let's pray for you right now. If, you're, if you were to stretch out your hands to the Lord and, and to them. Father, I lift up Rachel to you right now and I ask for your divine wisdom and knowledge to flow into her and through her. In her efforts, Lord, that you would bring clarity of purpose and thought and that she would know exactly what to do and what not to do. That the knowing of it will just be there at the moment that she needs it. I thank you for, you, for it, Lord. I thank you that you said these things are hidden in Christ, that they are hidden for us and not from us. So Lord, we call upon that wisdom to be birthed in her and in those that are surrounding her. In Jesus' name, and Amen. And while we're doing that, Eric, why don't you come up here? And Kevin, you too. And um, I saw saw that the Lord wanted to, to say some things to you. And um, so we're just going to pray and give the Lord a moment to do that. And uh, I know that you've been investing your life for the purpose of the gospel. Kevin, come. I want you to lay hands on him and let's just pray. And uh, if the Lord gives you something, speak it out over it. Father, I thank you for your spirit of truth. Thank you, Lord, that you've brought Eric back home to us. Now you've worked through him. Lord, thank you that the plan isn't over. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Eric, the desires that He's placed in your heart, they're from Him. They're going to be fulfilled. And as you look to Him, as you wait on Him, it's going to happen sooner than you thought. He's directing your steps. Mm -hmm. Don't get in front of Him. Don't be impatient. But it's coming. He's directing your steps. You're not going to doubt. But you're going to walk confidently knowing this is the Lord. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't let this distraction or
2: that distraction distract you. But follow me. And I just sense in the Spirit, like, like there's, there's a promotion. Because so look out on the horizon. I see you standing and you're looking out into the horizon, looking for something. God says, look out. <laughs> look out into the fields. And they're white with harvest. So there's more to come. There's more to come.
0: All right. Well, hallelujah. We're going to look to the future. And there's good things in store for you. Yeah. Amen.